When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand, and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these, who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The word of God for the Lord. Will you pray with me? God, for the way that you reveal yourself to us, to this world, in ways that we recognize, we give you thanks. And in ways that we don't recognize, where we're moving too fast, or we have a preconceived idea for what you will look like, and so pass you by, forgive us. Lead us again to the paths of your righteousness through the telling of stories that speak to our hearts. Open us a little more so that we may understand more of what Jesus is teaching to us even today through the least of these and through the best of these. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you this day, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, before I begin, I need to make an announcement. All of you who are sitting to my right, you are the sheep. 
Those of you who sat on the left, you're the ghost. That's it. End of story. I'm sorry, it's not my fault. You knew the scriptures because they were printed in the e-news. And if you had read the scriptures in preparation for worship today, you would have sat on the right side. But sheep over here don't feel so smug. Some of you were just like your goats in sheep's clothing. Today is a story about judgment. Yes, I said it. I said the J word, judgment. Jesus is talking about when the Son of Man comes in all the glory, about gathering all peoples from all nations before him to separate them, the good from the bad, the righteous from the unrighteous, like a shepherd separates sheep and goats. And in previous readings of this passage, I've just zoomed on by the shepherd piece to the parts that I like. And maybe you do that too. But this time, for whatever reason, this shepherd detail has caught my attention. Because before Matthew describes Jesus as king, Jesus is shepherd first. Now the Gospel of John tells us that Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. This is the good shepherd who has sheep in many folds all over the place who know the shepherd's voice. The sheep don't know about each other, but they know and trust the voice of the shepherd or the goat herd. As the kids and I were figuring out, it's rather difficult to tell sheep from goats. Flocks were mixed all the time in first century Palestine. You couldn't tell a sheep from a goat until you got right up close to them carefully. They were only separated when it came time for sleeping. The goats do not like to be cold. They need to be sheltered indoors where it's warm. But the sheep, they love the open air. That's why the Christmas carols talk about sheep grazing on hillsides at night. The goats are cold. They're inside. So a good tender of flocks, a good shepherd and a good goat herd, separates the animals to do what's in their best interest. So now that I know this, I'm wondering how in the world we got from Jesus being a good shepherd and goat herd to sheep go to heaven and goats go to hell. It seems to me that one reason could be that we humans love to organize. Everything has a place. And when everything is in its place where all is where it should be, there's no chaos, there's no clutter, Everything is order and method. And standards for organizing make this process so much easier because we can measure where we are on this path to having things in their place and giving a sense of orderliness to life. And on the one hand, we need standards. I'm not saying throw them out because without them, reality is not pretty. Look around right now. We are in a time where standards are being examined, both under a floodlight and the microscope. Where these standards of decency, respect, and how to treat others with less power and privilege are being self-examined. Particularly 
because there are some, not all, but some who set standards and then think they're exempt from following them. This makes it a bit of a challenge to find a solid place to stand, to present facts, to stand on reason, and to understand a common sense of what is right. And we hope that in the end, Jesus will just come on back any time to sort it out for us. Because it's rather significant and a lot for us, any one of us, to take on. But do we really want the kind of sorting and organization that Jesus will bring? We know enough about Jesus to know that he grades on a curve, right? That the way of Jesus is a way of love. Jesus spent time with folks that the people of his day found it very difficult to love. From prostitutes to tax collectors, lepers and Pharisees, Gentiles and Jews. Jesus loved them all equally as beloved of God. So this habit of Jesus' loving people, all people, constantly confounded his disciples. Because how could the standards of holiness and purity be maintained if Jesus was just going to keep crossing boundaries and welcoming anybody? How can we possibly love everyone? I mean, there are some people I have a hard time liking, let alone loving. So I guess it's revealing that I'm on the left side here with the ghosts, too. Jesus made standards according to judgments according to the standards of love through relationships. We'd seem really good at making judgments and forgetting that standard of love through relationships. And I think that's what Jesus was really getting at. Every day offers us opportunities to accept and measure ourselves by that standard that our teacher Jesus set. Whenever you perform acts of mercy and compassion to the least of these who are members of my family, you do it to me. That's a standard. It's clear. It's precise. It's uncompromising. What you did or didn't do to the least in my family. Jesus' standard isn't simply about love. It's about the love of least, last, and lost who are in the family of God. The list of people that Jesus gives, the sick, the convict, the people who are strangers and refugees, those we were taught to be wary of and to think are enemies. Jesus says, no, for as much as you have done it to these, you have done it to me. This is your standard. But if we remember this passage, we have a little problem. Because those who were being held to this standard didn't know they were being held to it. Jesus says, when I came to see you, when I came to you sick, a prisoner, and thirsty, did you love me? And they respond, when? When did we see you sick, a prisoner, and thirsty? Jesus says, when I was hungry, when I was naked or a stranger, did you love me? And they respond, where? Where did we see you, hungry, naked, and a stranger? But did you notice that it's not just the goats 
It's the sheep as well that didn't know they were being judged. They didn't know the standard. The sheep have been acquitted, even though they didn't know they were being judged, which is really not very fair if you're a goat. It's great if you're a sheep, but it's the actions that Jesus is lifting up. We didn't know it was you in prison. We didn't know it was you without clothes. As Mahalia Jackson sings in Sweet Little Jesus Boy, we didn't know it was you. We didn't know you came to save us, to take our sins away. Our eyes were blind. We just couldn't see. We didn't know who you were. We didn't know. So how can you judge us, Jesus? Jesus uses our words against us in a way because it's by looking at our actions, our behavior, when we think God's not looking. That's how we know our standard. So let's take a brief survey. Raise your hand if you have ever, at any time, fed a hungry child, took care of someone who was sick, visited someone in prison, given a coat to a coat drive. I'm serious, this is a literal thing, not hypothetical. (laughs) Brought someone a cup of coffee or a cold drink. If you have ever done any of that at any time in your life, raise your hand. Looks like everyone. Now, put your hands down. Raise your hand now if you have ever at any time known that someone was sick and didn't visit them. Passed by somebody who was asking for money or food. Sold your used clothing or just generally failed to show somebody somewhere compassion when they needed it? Raise your hand. Looks like everyone again. So that means we're either really good goats or really bad sheep. Or, or I think it makes us human. We are both giving and stingy, hopeful and fearful. Trusting and cautious, independent and dependent on one another to make the most of this precious, wild, and wonderful life that we are entrusted with. Which brings me back to the sheep and goats and this question they both have. Well, Lord, when did we see you? This isn't so much a story about God's judgment, but a story about how we judge each other. And Jesus takes issue at how we judge one another worthy or not of compassion, mercy, grace, and love. The point is whether we've learned from Christ enough, whether we've become intimate enough with Jesus that we can recognize him, even when he looks out at us from those we find it hard to love. And sometimes that starts looking at the person in the mirror. But if we can learn to do this and practice it daily, because it is a practice, it's not an achievable goal, I don't think, in this life. It's a daily commitment to practicing love. We open ourselves up to see and experience God's reign right now in our own lives. But if we haven't learned to see Jesus, We wouldn't know how to recognize God's reign, even if it kicked us in the pants, like we stood in the wrong position 
in a pasture. So the challenge for us is to release our obsession with organizing, with sorting, and just focus on being and seeing us. Not us serving them, not even us helping them, but just us all together, bearing witness to the scandalous good news of Jesus that everyone belongs. Because really, we're all part of Jesus' flock together. Sheep and goats all grazing and roaming, and yes, sometimes butting heads and clashing horns occasionally, but always following our best after the shepherd's voice. And it's that voice that calls us to practice loving one another, to practice holding one another accountable and living out being vulnerable, compassionate, practicing forgiveness, forgiving one another and receiving forgiveness from someone else, all according to the standard of love in community. Lord, when did we see you? And he'll say, just look around. And so all God's sheep and goats said, ha, 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 amen. 